Oh, I was supposed to count with you so you can hear it when you're trying to fix this. <laughs> should we start over? I think we should leave it in. All right. <laughs> I'm leaving it to you, bud. Go ahead. All right. And welcome to Haunts and Creeps. I'm your host, Asia. I'm Rose. But I really don't know how to do this long distance. It's really weird. I feel like the weird part is how awkward my introduction is. Oh, you can do the introduction next time. No, 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 no. That's okay. <laughs> <laughs> I can't even do my own name, so. Fair enough. All right. Well, let's see. What's your disturbing fact for the week? <laughs> okay. I've actually been thinking about this one all week. Oh. So, I... Uh, the last two weeks I was deployed, right, as a nurse uh, around California to fight COVID. And in the last week, we were at a nursing home. And we realized that our masks, our N95s, weren't fitting right. Like, something was off. Mine was having, like, air leaks and shit. So I looked it up, and there's a whole bunch of counterfeit masks in the market right now. Who knew that counterfeit masks would be a problem? I know, exactly. Um, so 3M, who made the N95s, or quote-unquote made, the N95s we were wearing, they put out this publication like a few days before listing a bunch of the lot numbers that were counterfeit, and one of my buddies was straight up wearing that lot number. And then it also said, like, any 3M masks that say they're manufactured in China should be considered counterfeit because they don't manufacture in China. So we went back to our van where all our PPE was, and all of the freaking boxes we had of N95s were fr were from China. Oh my god! So then uh, a couple of days later, we were back at like the station where all the supplies are, and we were supposed to be helping. I don't know, do like move in boxes and stuff. So I went and sniffed out some more counterfeits, and there was three palletfuls of counterfeit masks. One of the, like one of the boxes said that it was made in Singapore, and so we like told the people, told our uh, the people above us, the people in charge of supplies and stuff, and they straight up told us just get fit tested on the counterfeit masks. Of course. Yeah, so I'm feeling real pissed and disturbed um, about that this week. Fair What's enough. your thing? <laughs> okay, so my thing doesn't really have to do much with me, and it's one of those mildly disturbing facts to me. More like baffling. <laughs> um, so, sad introduction to it, my friend's cousin died. Yeah. I mean, in my opinion, passing while you sleep is one of the better ways to go, simply because you don't know it. You go to sleep and you just don't wake back up. There's no suffering. There's, I think it's a pretty mellow way to go. <laughs> but yeah. the disturbing part for me is at the service, whoever was officiating the funeral made it very political and very Jesus down your throaty. Oh, Apparently the whole way. And Jesus down your throat the whole way. Mm-hmm. Asia. <laughs> okay. Sorry, go ahead. <laughs> oh my chair is squeaking. Sorry guys. Um but with my mom being a chaplain, she's had to do funerals for people she doesn't know, and she tries to leave religion out of it as much as possible unless someone says, Hey, this person was in this religion, then she might touch on it for respect of them. So I'm assuming the person who died was not, like, super religious? No. And one of the things, like, he had been a cop, and one of the things that had been being pushed during it is the whole argument about defunding the police. And, sorry, my mom tried calling. <laughs> I just find it wrong in its own way yeah. it's like there's a time and a place but at someone's funeral this is not the time to be pushing religion 
and pushing your political views. Yeah, that's kind of messed up. It's disrespecting to the person who just died. So to me, that bothers yeah, me personally. Yeah, and like their whole family and friends and everything. Mm-hmm. Like, they're not there to talk about, you know, defunding the police and Jesus being shoved down your throat. They're there to, like, mourn somebody. That's messed up. That is disturbing. Yeah, so For that once, was... that was actually pretty disturbing. Yeah, to <laughs> me, it was just like, Why? There is a time and a place. Do not be so disrespectful that you have to push your own agenda at someone's funeral that you don't even know. Yeah. I was texting her right after, and she's like, it was horrible. Yeah, of course. And you only get one funeral. Yeah. If someone did that at my funeral, I would haunt them for fucking ever. Yeah, me too. That's messed up. (laughs) So, uh, what are you drinking? Other than your vape. (laughs) Leave me alone. I have been hardly touching it at all today. I need some nicotine. <laughs> she says as fat clouds roll out of her mouth. <laughs> <laughs> I'm drinking the White Zinfandel again. I picked up a oh, new yeah. whiskey last night and it was horrid. So I went back and got a wine instead. You know, for the viewers, what whiskey was that? Just so we can warn them away. <laughs> I mean, if you like Jack Daniels, you'll probably like it. This was Ezra Books or something. Brooke, I don't, I don't have the bottle near me. I don't remember. It looks like Jack. Ezra's probably enough. <laughs> yeah, and it uh, it tastes like Jack, just like the shitty knockoff version. So if you like nice. sour mash, which Jack Daniels is, this is a good knockoff way of not having to spend the money on getting Jack, but still getting a similar flavor profile. I thought Jack already was like pretty cheap. It is. Oh. Well, it anyways. Is, but some people, well, sometimes it'll get higher than it needs to be. Yeah. Anyway, I got Angry Orchard. Good old Angry Orchard cider. Nice. Yeah. I'm excited for this episode this week. Oh? Yeah. Why is that? I don't know. I'm just excited. It's been two weeks. I've been working. <laughs> It's nice to sit down and get this done. All right. Well, today we are going into Bisbee, Arizona. There's a few different things in Bisbee, but I'm going to be talking about the Copper Queen Hotel. I love that name already. Right? Fun fact, Bisbee is only 20 miles away from Tombstone. Oh, fuck yeah, dude. They're like sisters. Yep. Is it like just as like nitty gritty too? A little bit, yeah. Nice. I told you you could have Tombstone, but I didn't say anything about outside of it, so I think 20 (laughs) miles away is good enough. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, that's... I will allow it. (laughs) All right, so, Copper Queen Hotel. Let's start with the history of Bisbee. The city of Bisbee was discovered in 1877 and found to be a treasure trove of copper, lead, and silver veins. It was found by some army scouts being led by a civilian named Jack Dunn, and they were out looking for a group of Apaches through the Mule Mountains. They were the first to discover the signs of immense mineral deposits that turned out to be quite a substantial amount. Yeah. I'm assuming, like, they're going after these Apaches. You said soldiers, so, like, this had to be some sort of dispute or something. The article that I was reading. It was it was worded very poorly. So I said a group of Apaches. It was wor- worded as something like the rebellious Apaches or the something or other. Like they're chasing down this group of Indians. So I tried to be a little bit more PC about it. Right. Yeah, that's what I mean. Yeah. They... Yeah, so they were the first ones to discover this mineral deposit zone and it wasn't long before miners and speculators yeah speculators started swarming the area and staking claims on large veins of the deposits setting up a very prosperous mining settlement known as the queen of copper camps (laughs) nice okay so it's not bisbee yet it's the queen of copper right exactly dude glow down though is that a thing (laughs) glowing down i don't know what a downgrade 
so yeah, that was in 1877, and as it grew, it became Bisbee in 1902. Okay, makes sense. Took a little while, but within 25 years-ish, people started coming and making it an actual prosperous living area. Dope. Is it still around? Because, like, Tombstone's around, but only as, like, a tourist attraction. Yeah, Bisbee's still around. You can You can go to this hotel. And I think you can, I think most of the town is still standing. So probably similar to Tombstone where it's operational. So while other mining operations were weakening due to lack of minerals, Bisbee was growing quickly and in need of basic services. By 1910, this little settlement had grown into a city of 25,000 people. And mining stayed as the primary industry in the area until the deposits were nearly gone in 1974. Damn, 1974, that's like pretty long. Yeah, if it was founded in 1877, and that's, or discovered in 1877, and then developed into a mining town, and by the time they closed it, it was 74, that's almost a whole century of being mined. That's a lot of fucking resources. Yeah, that's way better than Tombstone did. Yeah. So, for nearly a hundred years, the mines produced 8 billion pounds of copper, 102 million ounces of silver, and 2.8 million ounces of gold, along with millions of pounds of zinc, lead, and manganese. Copper queen! Yeah. The mining business survived through price drops, intense labor costs, and even survived World War II. However, like any mining industry-based city, Bisbee needed to figure out how to stay essential when the ore ran out. And yeah. in 1975, the mines closed and shut down completely, which in turn dropped real estate prices by a considerable amount. Luckily, Bisbee did not descend into a ghost town and avoided economic hardship for a few reasons. Firstly, Wait a minute. I thought we were here because of ghosts. Oh, we're getting there. Okay, so not a ghost town, but ghosts. Yes, it, it's it got ghosts. Um, so it didn't turn into a complete ghost town, partially because the weather stayed pretty consistent all year round, so it made it an ideal place to move to, especially during the time. It was just, oh, we've got like a mild spring summer all year round. This is great. So Oh, yeah. They're not but- like... Because Tombstone's kind of like in the middle of a desert. Is it mm-hmm. desert or are they up into like some plains or something? Well, they're only about 20 miles away. And I only saw a little bit of topography from looking at the location. It said something about a canyon. So it might be relatively mountainous. I mean, it said the Mountains of Mule is when they started finding it. So I gotcha, think it's going gotcha. up into it. Yeah, dope. Um, so yeah, good weather all year round, and it maintained its 1900s charm, aesthetically pleasing structures. Historic town, (laughs) but not a ghost (laughs) town yet. (laughs) The cheap real estate attracted retirees, hippies, general tourists, and investors, and Bisbee went from being a mining town to becoming an art town. It developed into a huge tourist attraction spot with many locally owned art shops and other businesses. Not to mention the architecture stayed the same and they only restored old buildings rather than bulldozing and starting over with modern trends. So it's a little... Okay, that's cool. Yeah, it's like a little time capsule almost. I think they probably should have found a better product because they went from ores which is not sustainable for very long, to tourism, which also is not super sustainable. Like, I wonder how Bisbee did in 2020. (laughs) Yeah, that's very fair. I mean, with it becoming an art town, too, that could have helped? Question mark. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Sorry, drinking my wine. All right. Now? You don't need to apologize for that, bud. (laughs) Now we're going to move on to the history of the hotel. Now, at first I thought there was a dispute on whether or not the building was built by the Phelps Dodge Corporation or by the Copper Queen Mining Company, 
And upon further research, I found out they are the same company. (laughs) Of course. (laughs) Either way, the construction for the Italian-style hotel started in 1898. All right, Asia. You're sort of Italian. What does an Italian structure, architecture look like? Uh, let me see if I can find a good image to describe it better than my measly words coming out of imagination. <laughs> coming out of your Italian past? Because I'm picturing like Sicily, like white bricks overlooking the ocean and tight hallways and little cobble roads yeah but that doesn't seem like it fits in tombstone i'm sorry in the desert of arizona (laughs) yeah it's you're you're right with the right white brick and then red roofing you got tears you've got oh yeah totally green paneled windows or porches so, Italian colors, white, green, and red. Yes. <laughs> She's mocking my hand motions. Leave me alone. <laughs> but it's got a few different levels. It's got different tiers. It's not all one big roof. It's like it's separated. Gives gotcha, it character. Gotcha. So, they're not going for like the Western look. Mm-mm. Okay. Nope. Which. That's pretty modern for when it was built. 1898? Like, they discovered the ore in 1877, and the town wasn't founded till 1902. So four years before the town actually got the name Bisbee, they were building this hotel. Interesting. I don't think I wrote that date right. I think I mistyped. It opened in 1902. (laughs) (laughs) I had wrote it, opened in 1920. I'm like, construction for 22 years? I don't think that's right. (laughs) Could be wrong. Who knows? I was tired when I wrote these notes. But anyway, part of the building's construction, it included making the walls about two feet thick to help insulate it from the summer heat and keep it cool. So yeah, still, still in the desert. The building has five floors, but... Only four of them are really usable. The top floor is dedicated to the elevator machinery. Okay. Um, original layout of the hotel, it had 72 rooms, and there was a bathroom located at each end of the hallway. Okay. On each floor. So there was, like, maybe maybe six to eight bathrooms in the whole building. So the hotel rooms don't have their own? It was remodeled. Okay. It had been re- uh, it was renovated down to forty eight rooms, and that's when they each got their own bathrooms. Gotcha. Yep. So something I thought was weird is in the seventies there was a big parking lot, and they transformed it into a pool. So where people park, I don't know, <laughs> but there's a pool. Nice. I'd take that over a parking lot. <laughs> right. The coolest part to me about this building is that no two rooms are the same. Each room has its own personality and is decorated as such, and they all have different names. It's kind of fun. Kind of want Is it like a really fancy, ritzy hotel now? It's supposed to look like one. I mean, keep in mind that hotel is, we're 100 years old. So I don't know how ritzy it can be. But at the same time, at the time, yes, it was built and designed to be very ritzy. It is somewhere I'd like to visit, just because I kind of want to see a few different rooms and see all the different ways they came up with decorating them. Oh, sorry, that's a dog. (laughs) No worries. So, I'm assuming some lives were lost in this place, yeah? There's only one on record of in the building. Oh. And I'll cover it. Um, But before we get there, we're we're almost there, I promise got like a paragraph uh the restaurant in the hotel still serves the original menu from 1902 that's fucking dope (laughs) i thought so too i thought that was kind of fun it also has an extensive wine list to pair with your meal and 
The Copper Queen Hotel is known as the oldest hotel that has never closed in Arizona. It has been running for almost 120 years. Like, never Straight. closed. Like, like, like never shut never down and reopened. Oh, I think never it was more, shut down and reopened. Yeah, I think that's more what they were trying to say. Cause I'm, I mean, they had to renovate 72 rooms down to 48. I'm sure they had to close at least part of it or something, but I don't think it was ever fully shut down and then bought 20 years later and refurbished. Right, right. Nice. Yeah, so it's... Kind of a strange, like, Guinness World Record thing, but okay. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. And like I said, how each room has a different name. There are two rooms named after ghostly residents. Hell yeah. I'll get to the names of which ones, which ghosts the rooms were named after. And there are three main resident ghosts. I saw an article that said there are 16 ghosts in total, but I think that's iffy. Saw another article list about five, but three seems to be the common denominator of the most active spirits. Gotcha. I'll discuss the one, a couple of them quickly, because... I just could not find enough information. Like, I looked these things up and could not find enough of a story about all of them. So I've got, like, a paragraph like, four different ghosts. Each one has a different paragraph, but it's small. Hey, man, I will take whatever you're dishing out. (laughs) Okay, so we're going to start with Howard. It took me a few different articles to realize Howard and Albert were different ghosts. (laughs) <laughs> oh, do they have, like, really similar stories? Yes. Okay. So uh, it took me a minute. I was like, what is going on here? Is it Alfred or is it Howard? Who the fuck is or who? Albert. <laughs> Sorry, yes, Albert, not Alfred. <laughs> um. So we're going to start with Howard. He was possibly a previous employee of the hotel. The thought to that is he checks up on staff members to see how they're faring. Like He's just like, yo, how's the day going there, bud? Um, sometimes he watches over their shoulders, like while they're at a computer or something or working at the front and it freaks the staff members out. And then I wasn't sure if I should attribute this to Howard, but the front desk will receive phone calls asking for Howard. Like, is Howard there? Like ghostly phone calls. Yes. Ghostly phone calls asking for Howard. It's like, is that out? I've got goosebumps. (laughs) That shit, I don't know why, because, like, Howard the ghost, right? He's chilling. He's helping out the staff. But then who the fuck is trying to call him? Like, is that Howard fucking with the staff? Or literally a bunch of other unnamed ghosts in unnamed locations asking for Howard? That's what I want to know, too. That's why I wasn't sure if I should attribute it to him. But I'll leave that up to you guys to decide. <laughs> yeah, Ugh, that's creepy to me. Ugh. All right, now Albert. Yes. He is the ghost of an older gentleman. He has been seen in the lobby, stairways, and a few rooms located at the southwest corner of the fourth floor. Most guests actually smell him, and that smell is cigars or florally pipe smoke. It's like floral flora, scented. Floral what? Floral scented pipe smoke. So cigars again? <laughs> yes. I mean, tobacco. I mean, I've smelled a few where it's like actual pipe tobacco, and it smells phenomenal. Like, I've smelled a vanilla one, and it's just, I could just sit there smelling it all day. It's almost like an incense. Hmm. Yeah, so I don't know what they do now. But it was not what they did back then where it smelled delicious. So I'm yeah. when I so, see floral scented pipe smoke, that's kind of what I'm thinking is a good tobacco that's got nice in it. Yeah. So Albert's like a classy sort of older guy. Yes. Because if you're lucky, you'll see his apparition. And he is described as a tall man with long hair, a beard, a nice black suit with a black cape and a top hat. Black cape and a top hat. <laughs> Shit, he's classy as fuck. Yeah. So you nailed it right on the head. Albert so he's seen up the stairs, in some rooms, he's leaving around the cigar smoke. Mm-hmm. Damn, he's they're both pretty active. Yep. Okay, two more small ones just like these. The next one is Ruth. 
and I could not find any information on her, aside from wearing a black dress and hangs out around the staircase. All we have for her is she is described as a stately woman, dressed in a black evening gown, seen walking up and down the main staircase, and she will disappear when her route takes her to the dining room. Huh, I wonder why she's disappearing in the dining room. No idea. And like I said, there's only one recorded death in the hotel, so it makes me wonder, like, what are all these other ghosts doing here? If they didn't die there, why are they here? Well, you know, in Tombstone, it was like, shit was going down all the time, but not necessarily being recorded also. That's fair. I mean, I don't know what Bisbee was like, but if it's 20 miles from Tombstone and it's a silver boom town just like it, it mm-hmm. probably was pretty rough. And I yeah. bet there were a lot of deaths that just never like made it into the books. Yeah, that's fair. Okay, the last one for this short one is I found a report and it's unnamed. Like, no idea who this is. Could not find it anywhere. It's of a reddish, brown-haired young woman with a pinkish complexion. She looks to be in her 20s and appeared to a member of the staff at the front desk and the apparition only showed from the waist up. Ooh, creepy. Yep. So she's, like, fully fleshed out. Mm-hmm. Like, you're talking about her hair color and stuff. Yeah, the staff member said her hair was up in a bun and seemed to be wearing a blouse that looked like it was from the early 1900s. I wonder but, if she got chopped in half. Like, where are her ghost legs? I know. Uh, <laughs> side note, when knowing was living there, that same front desk staff member would sometimes hear the sound of a woman walking across the dining room floor, accompanied by the sound of a long skirt dragging across the room as well. Oh my god, her legs are in the dining room! <laughs> Yo. Okay, what about this? Black dress lady walks into the dining room. Her legs are cut off. That's why you only see her walking up to it. And then after that, she becomes little redhead girl with no legs. See, I was wondering if they were the same ghost, but they are described differently. Yeah. Ruth is stately, older, and in a black evening gown. This one looks like she's in her 20s with red hair. Wearing a 1900s blouse. Yeah, okay, true, true. That's why I separated them. At first I thought they were the same story, but then I saw their description and so I was like, eh. Oh. Yeah. But it sounds like the dining room's a hot spot. Mm-hmm. Oh, I forgot we have one more small ghost. Uh, her name is Rose. She was a former oh employee God. of the hotel, and she is seen sitting in the lobby staring at the hotel's entrance. I tried looking her up to see if there was any death story or any story about a rose working there, but I couldn't find anything. Oh, I God. tried. I don't want to know anyways. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so now I've got a few ghosts that do have stories, and these are the ones that deserved named rooms in their honor. There's two of them. So, during the 1920s and 30s, the hotel used its third floor to provide gentlemen with womanly companionship. Hint, hint. Okay. Wink, wink. <laughs> yeah. It's prostitutes again. <laughs> yep. So Prostitutes it, and silver booms just go hand in hand. Oh, yeah. Like, men gotta find a place to spend their money. What better yeah. money? <laughs> yeah. God. So, I kind of feel bad for the guests on the second floor. It's like... Oh, God. Are they banging... I would assume so. If the third floor is reserved for prostitutes, then anyone on the second floor under one of those rooms is gonna hear something. Yeah. Like, That's a lot of energy to be putting out to not, like, leave a lasting impression, a ghostly <laughs> impression. Right. So, enter Julia Powell, the only reported death within the hotel. She, obviously, was a sex worker during this time frame when prostitution was legal in Arizona. She would service her customers in the hotel in room 315. There's a couple mentions of others, but room 315 seemed to be her main room. And when Julia was roughly 30 years old, she had one customer. He happened to be married, and she fell in love with him. And while Great. He en- yeah. While he enjoyed her company and services, he did not think she was worth leaving his wife for to marry. <laughs> Oh, God. So in room 315, Julia committed suicide. And Julia has not left the hotel. She continues to haunt the premises 
and it's said that Julia only appears to men and enjoys toying with them still to this day. <laughs> like, is she fucking with them? Yes. So sometimes she'll appear generally as a white misty figure, but if she really likes you, full apparitions will show up doing a strip tease at the foot of your bed. <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> and reportedly... That's kind of badass. Right? Reportedly, she also whispers in men's ears and likes to tickle or massage their feet while they sleep. <laughs> so what a badass! <laughs> when she's not, I think she's just like having fun in the afterlife. Oh yeah, I was gonna say when she's not fucking around with someone, Julia is sometimes spotted at the staircase wearing very little and holding a bottle of alcohol. <laughs> wow, what she's like having a blast! She's just partying in the afterlife. Yeah. She sounds like she's having a good time. She's not, like, moaning yeah, or anything. She's No, she's still doing strip teases. She's walking around wearing hardly anything, drinking booze. Like, well, who cares? Yeah, I'm enjoying my dope. afterlife. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so now the staircase and the dining room the are sounding hot. The staircase seems to be the main hot spot. Every ghost is spotted on the staircase. Every single one of them that have been mentioned, it's the staircase is the main spot. Dining room huh. seems to be, like, secondary, along with a couple hallways, but mainly the staircase is the zone, I guess, for them. Yeah. So, me, I'm kind of a skeptic, right? Mm -hmm. <laughs> so, uh, the way I think about this, like, if this, if ghosts were real, if this shit was true, the best, like, explanation in my head is that if you, if you spend a ton of energy in your life at one specific spot or like some you know like it's like chemical reactions like if there's a reaction that goes down that releases a lot of energy or consumes a lot of energy whatever that's going to be where you end up in your afterlife mm -hmm. so like walking up and down stairs like maybe accumulated that's a lot of energy but for each single ghost that seems pretty boring like why are they spending their time around there? Uh, my theory, just random shot in the dark theory. Um, when you renovate a location that's busy, ghosts stick to the original blueprint. And I assume the way that the building was created, they would not have tried to relocate the staircase. So maybe they're seen there more because that's on their original layout. and that's where you see them more. I'm so not putting this into like words. So it's kind of like Skeeto's well. hole, where like if you bury whatever structure they were in, you essentially bury them. Remember Skeeto's hole? Yeah, I'm just wasn't quite what I was getting at. I'm wording this poorly. So, oh. say you have um a two bedroom house, okay? trying to give you an image. Say you have a two-bedroom house. Someone died there. 20 years later, some family moves in and puts in two more rooms. Well, that ghost that's living there will appear to walk through walls because on its original blueprint, there were only two rooms in that house and now there's four. Right. So say it was walking so from then... one room to the other. Now it would look like it's walking through two different, three different rooms. Right. So I'm kind of getting I understand, that. but like... With the staircase. The staircase. You'd, you'd think you'd still be seeing them, like, walking through walls and shit. Just because, you know, the staircase is clear. But if they built around it, you should still be seeing them in other places. Even if it's, you know, fragmented. I do agree. I'm thinking, like, maybe with the dining room, maybe it wasn't originally in that location. And they took out walls and made it a dining room. So now it looks like someone's disappearing. I don't know. Again, yeah. shot in the dark theory. Just pitching <laughs> an idea here. <laughs> okay, so I've got one more ghost. Oh yeah, follow up. Julia Powell has a room named after her. Next one is Billy. He also is has it a room. Fifteen. Yes. Yes. Um. So the last one is Billy. There's no last name, just Billy, and Billy was a young boy, about the age of eight or nine, 
His mother worked at the hotel, so he was there often. He was a wild child, and as most boys are, loved to run the hallway of the fourth floor. Which is so fun. Running say, down those hallways makes you feel so fast. Yep, I would say that's my next note. I totally get it. I love running down the hallways. Still, yeah. it was my favorite thing to do as a kid when traveling. It's like, <laughs> you, yeah, you feel like you're going super fast and you don't care how loud you are. You're just like, I'm running down the fucking hallway. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, God, it just brings back them feels. Right? So it turns out he died by drowning when he was swimming in either a pond or the San Pedro River. Pedro. Pedro. There were mixed reviews on which was which. But the ghost of the boy has been seen on the fourth floor and in the dining room of the hotel. It's rumored his mother worked as a cook, so that could be why she's in the dining room. He's... Um... Guests have reported hearing a child running up and down the fourth floor hallway when no children were staying there at the time. He is known to be mischievous and hide various items belonging to hotel guests, especially those staying on the fourth floor. Nice. So he's like a little Dennis the Menace. Uh-huh. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, some guests have reported hearing a young child crying when they turn on the bath or the shower water. That's um, ominous. Well, if he died by drowning. Kinda... But like, what if he died? Because I was thinking that whole time you were saying that. He died in a separate location. Mm-hmm. And yeah, his mom worked. Whatever. But like. He was there a Why lot. is he showing up here? What if he was drowned in the hotel? In a bathtub? It could have been. Because. I'll get to it in a minute. Um. Let's go back to where they see him. Oh, guests have also reported seeing a little boy wrapped in a bath towel. So. Oh my god. Your theory stands pretty strong. Yo. Some children eating in the dining room have seen him hiding under their tables. <laughs> this is freaking me out. It's like he's <laughs> running from somebody, hiding in the tables. Yep. Ew. Guests will frequently report things being moved around their rooms. Some, uh, it says some entries. I forgot to mention, there is a guest book, similar to the other hotel that we did, but there's a guest book where people write down all their experiences. They have, right, like, right. 12 of them. But some entries are describe rings being taken from fingers in the middle of the night. Earrings being moved to the top of medicine cabinets and room keys that disappeared only to be found later in a weird place. Um, Billy also likes to jiggle doorknobs and to unlock guests' doors. Just randomly. <laughs> he also he just likes fucking with doors. He likes to open them, close them, lock them, unlock them, jiggle doorknobs. He does a thing with doors, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like a delight. Mm-hmm. And my favorite story from that little ghost guest book are empty candy wrappers. <laughs> so That's the story. There's just ominous empty yep. candy wrappers laying around. Yep. Apparently they'll say if you are staying at the Copper Queen, try leaving some candy out for Billy to encourage him not to move your belongings around the room. Oh my god, he's like a reverse Santa. If you <laughs> yep. leave him candy, he won't take shit away. Yep. That's kind of funny. So, in general, he's a bit of a prankster, likes to have fun, but he does have that sad side to him where he's heard crying anytime there's water running. Uh, sometimes he writes messages pleading for help in the steam-covered mirrors. And See? He definitely drowned in a freaking bathroom. I think so, because the hotel owners don't know who Billy really is. No one does. And no one knows if that's yeah, even his real name. they're just assuming he's this kid who randomly maybe mm -hmm. drowned in one river or the other and whose mom maybe worked there. <laughs> yeah, I say no one knows if it's his real name. They suspect his death had something to do with the drowning in a nearby river or the pond. Um, they believe the connection was his mother, who was possibly working as a cook in the hotel, but no one has been able to pin down the boy's identity or his connection to the hotel with certainty. So no one knows who this kid is. Nice. All right. 
So the Copper Queen Hotel has been featured in Ghost Hunters and Ghost Adventures. I didn't have time or energy to try and find them. So what I could find is that it's in the third season of Ghost Hunters and the sixth season of Ghost Adventures. They didn't tell me which episode. That's just... And we all know Ghost Hunters is better than Ghost Adventures, mm-hmm. right? Yep. I agree. So, now I have some reports from those guest book entries. Yes, the best. I've The first two, people think it was Howard that they saw. So... <clears throat> While standing in the hallway where the saloon and bathrooms are and reading the articles in the display case, I could see the reflections of people walking behind me. I noticed that a gentleman had stopped and was looking over my shoulder, reading the same thing I was. He looked like a very nice person, so I turned to say hello, and there was no one there. Okay, question. What made you wanted to say that in, like, a British accent? <laughs> Name was Marissa, and it just went into it. <laughs> Marissa? Okay. <laughs> this one doesn't have a name, so... Um, but it does look like it was written by a man, so... <clears throat> Room 317. We arrived in the early morning and detected a faint odor of floral pipe smoke. My wife thought it smelled floral. And I thought it was a bit on the smoky side. <laughs> Hang on. <laughs> what? Why is that so fucking funny? Oh, that smells floral. Oh, I think it smells smoky. They put it together and they're like, oh, it's floral pipe smoke. <laughs> yep. What a fucking power couple. Oh my god. <laughs> uh, so yeah. And I thought it was a bit on the smoky side, like a tobacco. I woke up at 3.56 a.m., uncharacteristically wide awake. I remained this way for nearly a full hour. The room felt comfortable and relaxing. However, at about 4.15 a.m., I noticed a thin veil of smoke entering the room through the outline of the door. My eyes were irritated, but I continued to watch the haze fill the room with unnatural slowness. After a few minutes of this, I decided to get up and check the hallway and see what was causing the smoke. Just as I was- I waited a few minutes before I decided to check if there was, like, a fire or something. Exactly. Just as I was getting out of bed, there appeared to be the outline of a man dressed in a waistcoat, pacing back and forth in the smoke. Just as fast, he was gone. My wife said it looked kind of like a coat, (laughs) and I said it looked kind of like a waistcoat, and together we decided it was, in fact, a waistcoat. (laughs) Yeah, that's what I have for two that people think was Howard. (laughs) Howard these ghosts are like so friendly and like what's that word not malignant benign they're just like chilling Mm -hmm. they're living their lives yep alright I've got two for Billy Um, both of these are female room 401 2.45 (laughs) a.m. as my husband and I were relaxing and watching some TV We heard a very faint tapping. It sounded like it came from the bathroom. Then, the two of us noticed the door handle to our room was turning, and the door started to open. My husband called out and said, Someone is in this room! You must have the wrong one! The door continued to open. My husband jumped up and went to the door, and pulled it the rest of the way open. The new one was there, or in the hallway. Before my husband got the door closed, we heard the laughter of what sounded like a couple of little kids in the hallway. Oh shit, a couple little kids. Uh-huh. So Billy got a friend. Uh-huh. Oh shit. All right, next one. 
It's really hard to come up with different voices for all of these. <laughs> You're doing great. <laughs> I'm like wrapped up in these. <laughs> <clears throat> that place is really weird. I wasn't <laughs> expecting anything, and then something kept turning the bathroom doorknob during the night as I was watching it. And a few times, children played and talked outside the room. But there was no one there at all, and the hallway was just, silent. Okay, stop, stop, stop. <laughs> you just went from valley girl to, like, old British woman. I know, I'm losing it. Rewind, rewind. <laughs> valley girl, she was, she was killing it. <laughs> <clears throat> Let me try again. That place really is weird. I wasn't expecting anything, and then something kept turning the bathroom doorknob during the night as I was watching it. And a few times, children played and talked outside the room, but there was no one there at all, and the hallway was silent. I eventually quit going out to look for the non-existent kids, but one time when I went and looked out down the hallway, another person opened her door and looked up and down, as if she heard it too. <laughs> oh yeah, Becky, is that what happened? It's actually Sharon. <laughs> Oh, sorry. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yes, you're right. I definitely had started changing my voice in the middle of that one. You <laughs> straight up like <laughs> you, the the transition was pretty smooth, but I was so happy about the valley girl that I noticed it. <laughs> All right, <clears throat> let's see if I can try and sound crotchety. This one people think is Julia. Hmm. Room 315. My husband and I checked in earlier today. We had a lovely evening in town and returned to our room and went to bed. At some I'm point... Sorry, wait. This is crotchety? No, I, I can't do crotchety. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> I was trying, and it's just like, no. I can't come up with a crotchety. That doesn't sound like an old British woman. So... Crotch do a crotchety old man. This one's a woman, though, huh? I would say... It's signed Linda and Bill, but it's written by it's Linda. Linda. So, yeah. all right. I'm trying to like, do your thing. Don't don't mind me. <laughs> I wanted to try Southern, but I'm pretty sure it would come out still a little valley-ish. Do it. Oh, oh pressure's on. I can't. Asian, no pressure. It's okay. <laughs> Like I was literally about over there. <laughs> I was literally about to speak and I could feel the valley girl coming out of my throat and I was like, nope. You know, if she's really fighting that hard to get out, might as well just let her out. But it's Linda and Bill, and with a name like Linda, I feel like it's an older lady, not some valley bitch. <laughs> Alright, I'm leaving it up to you. Room three fifteen. My husband and I checked in earlier today. We had a lovely evening in town and returned to our room and went to bed. At some point in the night, I awoke to find my husband at the door to our room. I lost it. <laughs> I straight up Are you went. Laughing because you fucking transitioned yeah, again. I went straight from southern to British again. <laughs> the southern. It was so good for a second, and then it went. It like dipped into the valley girl, and then it's just British. I know. I don't know how to do it consistently. <laughs> okay, it'll get better. <sighs> at some point in the night, I awoke to find my husband at the door to our room. What's the matter? I asked. I saw a woman walk from the window and through the door. He said, "Don't be silly," I said. <laughs> I can't. Oh, no. It's so good. <laughs> you got it. You got it. You gotta own it. I'm trying. Southern is so hard for me. I looked at the clock. It was 2.05 a.m. We turned the light on and the door was still locked. Just then, I heard a woman laughing from the hallway. We opened the door just in time to see the hem of a black skirt disappear up the staircase. We ran up to see who the woman was, but she was gone. <laughs> Yay! 
Yes. I made it. It's done. I'm so invested. Oh my that god. That was so hard. I don't know why that was so hard for me. I can't do accents well. You that did was, great. You got into so character hard. and like you were even like making these expressions and I didn't <laughs> want to say anything because you it was just flowing. <laughs> I love it. I channeled my inner southerner that doesn't exist. <laughs> That's the one thing about being from Colorado is we don't have an accent. It's like we have I've no personality. Heard we do have an accent. It's uh, we don't say N and T. Yeah, like but mountain. But, yeah, mountain and goat. It's goat. What about goat. It's goat. Goat mountain. Yeah, it's like <laughs> that's we, the only thing I've heard. That same. It's the only thing is like more of we omit sounds versus pronouncing pronounce yeah pronouncing We're efficient. <laughs> yeah. Efficient. I don't know if you can hear the dog whining. I can. Alright, I've got one more review. It doesn't have anything to do with haunting. I just thought it was amusing, so I wanted to put it in there. I love it. And I couldn't tell if it was from a guy or a girl. So give me a character. Let's do crotchety. I want to hear crotchety. I don't know if I can do crotchety. Dude, I can barely do southern. You could do southern, bro. You just gotta dig deep. Just get into character, you're a crotchety old man. That's what I was going to try. <laughs> this place has seen better days. Run down and expensive. We stayed three days, ran out of toilet paper twice, and washcloths once. Asked repeatedly for washcloths. We're told they were in the dryer, and we never got them. How does a hotel not have enough washcloths? Slow service, at breakfast, but the food was okay. For the price we paid... We could have stayed at the Copper City Inn. It was number one on TripAdvisor. And paid less. End scene. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I tried. Oh no, that person's pain over the washcloths. I know. <laughs> how the fuck did you get in here? I think the dog just oh. learned how to open a door. <laughs> great. That's great news for you. <laughs> yep, she was whining at the door so hard and then all of a sudden her head was in my lap. I was like, how the fuck? Did you get in here? <laughs> For those who don't know, Willow, the baby bloodhound, is a fucking terror. And she's a giant. She's almost giant, as big as I am. No manners. No. We are trying to teach them to her, but she was a stubborn bitch. I'm excited for the saga that's about to unfold now that she can open your door. Oh my god. Don't curse me. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I wanted to read that comment because I was reading reviews in the hotel, and after reading this one, my first thought is, who runs out of toilet paper twice in three days? Oh, shit, yeah, I didn't even think of that. And how many washcloths do you need? Like, I yeah. use one in the course of three days, but, I mean, then again, I only shower on average twice just a week. very hygienic, like, to the point that they're wiping their ass with an entire roll of toilet paper. Pretty much, that's what I'm thinking. It's like, how do you run out of toilet paper twice in three days? Yo, when was it written? Because if it was 2020, he's probably just stockpiling <laughs> toilet paper from hotels. That's a good point. I did not look at the date that that was written down. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, that's the Copper Queen Hotel. I hope that was entertaining enough for you all. And my it sounds voices. like a lovely place as far as like hauntings go. It was so funny because half the reviews I was trying to find ghost reviews online because the couple the first ones that I read they were out of the guest book. So I was trying to find other ones online and I saw so many bad reviews, but all the responses to them was like, "I'm sorry, we know this was an issue. We're under new management now. We're trying to fix this." It's like. <laughs> There were a lot, and each one was like, we're under new management, we're working on it, please come try again. <laughs> I would just, like, capitalize on the fact, dog, get out of here, panting on me. Oh my god. I would just capitalize on the fact that the place is haunted, and I would be like, yo, Billy stole all our washcloths, we are so sorry. <laughs> That's a and great idea. like... Come to the Copper Queen where you're definitely going to get haunted and then you could just pass it off like that. Yeah. Be like, oh my God, you had an experience. <laughs> Write it down in our guest book. <laughs> <laughs> See, you would be a good hotel manager. Maybe you should buy a haunted hotel. No, thank you. <laughs> 
they can contract me. How about that for my services? <laughs> I, I think you can work out a deal. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, that wraps that one up for me. I hope it was at nice least one. somewhat fun. <laughs> yeah. Delightful. It was a nice break from like creepy, haunty stuff. It's like nice break from creepy haunty. haunty. Stuff. It was more of you got Casper the ghost and not a demon. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's where it was a little creepy. Still, my I did get goosebumps once. <laughs> the phone call. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Cool. All right. Well, it's me next week. I think I'm gonna look at Tombstone because I know there's a lot going on there. But also, if it's not spicy enough, um. I'll look around more in Arizona. Maybe I'll dig up like a cryptid or something. Mm. But I think we can probably still go You could look for alien sightings in Arizona if there are any. <laughs> Which brings me to my next point. Um, our last episode, I was thinking ASMR. Asia's super good at it. Because <laughs> we did two episodes that day so at the end you can tell that both of us are like kind of drunk and tired mm-hmm. asmr that's your asmr episode for anyone that's interested <laughs> <laughs> i sound like apparently an evening talk show host on that one because i'm just here i am i'm done i'm yeah. tired but here's a story and you can listen to it and enjoy it if you like <laughs> there you go yeah there was not a lot of pizzazz in that episode but I did I mean, try and have fun with it. Yeah, yeah. Oh, fuck. Speaking of which, I would have forgotten again. I've been meaning to shout out C. Morgans. So oh. my uh, disturbing fact about the manatee came yeah, from their yeah. page. And I love them personally. They are a very small local business in Australia, hence the inspiration to do the Australia International episode. And they take uh, fishing nets and other plastics that are polluting the ocean. They take it out, clean it, turn it into swimsuits. Best fucking swimsuit I have ever owned, and it's affordable. I looked into general pricing options for that type of, like, recycled swimwear. Most of them were, like, 60 to $100 for the bikini top or the bikini bottom. Like, you didn't... A whole set would cost you 120 to 150 Theirs, yeah. full set and shipping to the U.S., 65 bucks. It's the best yeah. swimsuit See, I've owned. Because you're basically wearing trash. So if anyone's charging more than $65 to wear trash, you probably shouldn't do that. Yeah, it's like, I get recycling it and turning it into fabric i get that costs money i get those uses resources but at the same time it should be feasible it should be something people can actually afford to get i'm sorry i I don't have a job i can just toss 160 bucks on a swimsuit yeah 60 bucks is my max doubt that recycling the material costs more than producing it Mm -hmm. yeah because i don't know i don't know it could Maybe have you to do. Process it, but. Yeah, say I think it might have to do with the cleaning and processing of the material to then fabricate fabric. So that might have something to do with the cost. Um, but they're a very small business; like they make it themselves. It's yeah. awesome. So yeah, if you're interested, nice. C Morgan's is S E A M O R G E N S. Nice, nice. Yep. So yeah, I wanted also to give them a shout, shout out. out. I love them. They're really sweet people. I messaged them back and forth here and there. They were fantastic when I had to change my swimsuit for a bigger size because it's European sizing, which is smaller than our sizing is. <laughs> so even though I'm a petite person, it was still too small for me and I had to size up one. But fits Doesn't that now. always feel nice? As petite people, <laughs> it's nice when some, when you're like, oh, wow. In this like very specific item of clothing there are smaller sizes <laughs> i know that don't fit me it is nice versus going oh it's just too big fuck yeah 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 all right creeps cool we'll call it a day thank you for listening thanks for hanging in there 
we join love our Patreon. You. Join Share our, Patreon, our love, please. <laughs> Promise, the more Patreons that we have, the more fun content you get to see. Give us yeah. something more to do. Yeah, and I'm trying to get a mic like Asia, so I don't sound like I'm constantly in a video game Discord call. Because that's exactly how I sound. <laughs> it's a gaming headset. It's and still better Asia's than my computer. Late night ASMR over there. So. <laughs> I'm like the weakest link. <laughs> All right. Well, tune in. I was gonna say next week, but we'll see when we get this out versus yeah, the next we, recording. We'll see. We'll see. <laughs> but find us on Spotify, TuneIn, Stitcher, Facebook. Instagram. Instagram, Twitter, uh, Twitter, which fucking we don't really never use tweet it. anything there. But say <laughs> so you were supposed to handle Twitter because I don't do Twitter. Twitter makes no sense to me. Okay, I never even entered. I we've had this talk, and since then it has not entered my mind at all. Like until oh now. <laughs> so that's my bad. Yes, you said you were going to handle the Twitter, and I handled the Instagram. <sighs> I, know, I know. I'm doing my end of the deal. Bitch, what's up? You're right. You're right. You're right. <laughs> Fucking Twitter. <laughs> All right. Bye, creeps. Y'all enjoy Bye. your week. Yeah. Happy week for you. <laughs>